And welcome into another episode of the Vigilant Sports Pacers podcast. I'm Scott Agnes coming to you up in Fort Wayne. G League tryout. Joined by Brian Levy, the general manager of the Fort Wayne Madden. It's going on year three. Year three. Yeah. What's different going into year three versus year one? What What do you know? What are you comfortable with? Well, uh, obviously just being more prepared. You know, when I, when I was hired in September of 2015, um, you know, we had to try to pack an entire offseason into about a month and a half, month. Um, you know, we were uh, a couple weeks out from tryouts, and we just kind of put it out there and hope for the best. Um, now, you know, we have an entire offseason to plan, find a, a great facility like, like Turnstone here, um, you know, has four courts and the space that we need, and we're pumping it out to college coaches and JUCOs and the local community. And um, as you can tell, the turnout has grown, the event has grown, the volunteers, the referees, everything's just getting better. So I think when you have time to plan these things, um, and that goes for everything that we do, it just makes it that much better when you're not just trying to, fit it in you're you're actually devoting the time and energy you need to everything you said record turnout yep why do you think that is is it the interest level the the growing awareness of the g league also you're of course going to have some guys that say hey at least let me get a shot yeah let's I just be out here all of that all, all of that but yeah i mean you know the gatorade partnering with the league and changing the, the name mm-hmm. of the league the uh you know the, the pacers being more behind it they're pumping it on social media for us they're um, you know, really showcasing what we're trying to do up here too. So we're, you know, I think our exposure is bigger from a national level, from a local level, uh, statewide. And then, um, yeah, there's, there's always going to be the guys who think, Hey, I'm the best player at my YMCA run, right. um, you know, at my local gym or whatever. And they want to come and see how good is that comparatively to, you know, a professional basketball player. So you get a little bit of everything. We've got guys from all over the country. Uh, we got guys from, uh, different age groups, different backgrounds, guys who've played in just high school or college or professional experience. So it kind of runs the gamut of, of everything. Yeah, looking down at the list right now, and you got guys from all at Ball State, Cincinnati, I think a couple of Illinois guys, IUPUI, Akron. So you, you do have a ton of experience here, but realistically, is there probably a handful of guys that you'll actually zero in on and would have a, a chance when you take them to camp? Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously not uh, all the guys who come here have a, you know, are going to make it. Um, everyone's got a chance, and that's what this event is all about, though. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we can hand out four contracts from this uh, event, so we will give four contracts out here today. Um, you know, so who that is is, you know, will it be from somebody who played college basketball? Maybe, you know, maybe likely you could say. Um, but every year there's somebody who kind of stands out that, you know, junior college or a D2 or a D3 that you've not really heard that much about um, who stands out, whether athletically or with the shooting or energy level that, you know, kind of comes out of nowhere. Uh, last year, E. Victor Nickerson made our team out of this event. So not only did he earn a contract and come to camp, but he also made our roster and stuck the entire season. Um, he was not somebody that we were heavily recruiting at the time. He was just somebody who got the information from his college coach and came and said, I want to give it a shot. So, um, you know, it doesn't have to be an inside job, wink, wink, you know, like uh, you're coming yeah. here because I told you to. Um, you can show up and you can make this team, uh, you know, just by hearing about it. As much as the NBA and what the Pacers are doing is growing, their new $50 million practice facility, you guys have like a new practice court, uh, new logo now to tie in more so with the Pacers, and then, of course, through Nike, new uniforms this year. Yes, we do. We have new uh, new color scheme. Uh, but the practice facility is awesome. Lutheran uh, uh, Health Network is our, our primary sponsor, and they went above and beyond and, and helped us secure this facility. 
Um, so it's got a full NBA court, extra baskets, dedicated locker room, big strength conditioning weight room. Um, there's a football turf. They're redoing all the baseball fields on the outside. So it's, it's multi-purpose, but during our season, we're the primary tenant in there. They've also got physical therapy suites, um, all sorts of stuff, and some of their offices there too. So it's, it's definitely something that they've worked very hard on and, and pumped a lot of resources into, and we couldn't be happier to partner with them. In general, explain to Pacer fans what the relationship is like with you and the front office with the Pacers. How much uh, are you in communication with a guy like Kevin Pritchard, now Chad Buchanan and Peter Dinwiddie um, throughout a week, throughout a season? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's almost daily. Um, obviously, when they're in the heart of their season, we're in the heart of ours. You know, we're kind of, you know, ba- doing our own battles, and then we come together and give each other updates. And I le- always let them know about our players and how they're doing, our staff and how they're doing, um, because, you know, our main primary focus is to impact the Pacers organization, whether that's staff, whether that's uh, players who could pot- potentially help them. You know, Alex Poitras is now on a two-way contract, and he was one of our affiliate players last year. So he's kind of slowly climbing the chain. And, uh, you know, as you saw when he was on the Sixers last year, he scored 15 points in a game versus the Pacers. So, you know, we're trying to just throw as many players towards them as that we feel can help them at the NBA level. And if they end up falling back to us and helping us in the meantime, then that's great for us. Um, but our focus is to, at all times, help the Pacers. So, you know, I send uh, reports. I'm texting, talking with them okay. uh, about available players, um, you know, either as affiliates or, um, you know, potentially in, in trades or just in these tryouts or acquisitions of any kind for us. So, um, you know, Peter Dinwiddie and Chad Buchanan talk a lot to uh, Kevin uh, as well, but obviously with his elevated st- uh, status now. Um, it's kind of like he's assumed that Larry Bird role. So talk to Larry a little bit less than I talked to Kevin, and now I'm talking to, you know. So Kevin is Chad maybe your less. point person now? Chad and Peter, yeah. Okay. Yep. When it comes to – there's so many different ways now with adding the layer of two-way contracts, Exhibit 10s, affiliates, mm-hmm. the different lingo. You mentioned Alex Poitras. Do you take a lead on something like that, or is that Kevin? Is that Chad? It's both of us. You know, they ask for my input, and I'm giving them a couple players that I thought could be – good for us, good for them, that, that serve the purpose of where they are as a franchise and, and how they want, you know, whether it's positionally or, or a skill set or, but most importantly, as a person, you know, Alex is one of the best guys that we've ever had. Um, you know, Trey McKinney Jones is in camp and he's an absolute, like, he is the leader of this Fort Wayne team last year, uh, our captain. So, you know, we want to send them talented guys that are good guys that fit the culture and fit what they're looking to do there. Um, and so, there's a little bit of give and take. They're, they're asking me about players that maybe agents reach out to, they like, they've seen. Um, I'm pushing a few names of guys that I think could be useful. Um, and then it was kind of a mixture, you know, like of those two things. And then we, we talk it out. We get the input of Ryan Carr and Vance Catlin, um, you know, our scouts who have seen these guys in their progression over the years. Um, you know, some of these guys have been on summer league teams in the past, so there's a familiarity with some of them. And then others, you know, we're just kind of evaluating off film, especially the college guys, um, you know, that maybe we haven't seen since Summer League or Portsmouth or the Combine or whatever it is. So uh, it's definitely a process. They obviously have the the final say on their roster and what they do. So by no means do I want to overstate my input. But um, I like to give them as much relevant information as I can provide so they can make the best decision possible. From a purely G League and Mad Ant standpoint, how do you see two A contracts being beneficial? A guy like Alex Poitras, who will bounce back and forth, but mostly 
we expect for him to spend his time here. Yeah, I think it remains to be seen how exactly they're going to work. Um, I think each team has an idea of what they want to get out of it. But until you see the functionality of it um, with, you know, adding in travel and, you know, road schedules for the NBA team. Yeah. And so, you know, I think the primary purpose is to develop the players in the, in the G League in game action. So I think you'll see a lot of, okay, that team's playing tonight. So even if they're, you know, with the Pacers for the last week, let's send them for that day and back so they can play. Because in, even in the best case scenario, they're not going to be in a lot of games at the NBA level. But you want them to be around the veterans uh, at practice, not only serving as a, an extra body, you know, for, you know, when the season comes around and guys are banged up and, you know, you want to be able to practice and go five on five, but maybe you've only got eight or nine yeah. healthy bodies yeah. that day. So they serve that purpose. Um, they provide emergency depth if you have an injury and you need an extra point guard, power forward, whatever it might be on that night, they can suit up and play for you from time to time too. Um, and you want them around with the athletic trainers and the player development staff, and you just want your hands on them here and there. And then, and then you're going to send them to the G League, and that's going to be about playing. So that's going to be about you know um, getting in game, seeing those things live. Because we both know, you know, NBA players are not practicing at full go during the season. There's too many games. There's too there's much not travel. Much, yeah, there's not there's much not practice, many practice anymore either. So, you know, you don't want a guy getting out of shape. You don't want a guy losing his edge. So, you know, I think you're going to try to ride that, that balance between getting them the experience at the NBA level and then keeping them sharp at the G League level. How is scouting and the evaluation of players improved with technology, synergy, those sorts of things? Where You can probably watch film in a guy in Israel right now. Sure. Uh, even, even a few years ago, there was plenty of leagues around the world that you just couldn't get film from. So you reach out to an agent and say, hey, can you provide something for me? They send you a two-minute highlight film of only the best plays of an entire season. <laughs> Sounds like a high school recruiting Right, team. and it's very hard to get a true evaluation of a player. Um, so we would always recommend those players, hey, come to a tryout like this. At least we can physically size you up, we, you know, see what your weight's at. How are you moving physically? You know, do you have uh, an NBA skill or a G League skill, you know, shooting, defense, rebounding, whatever? Um, but now there's almost no league in the world that you can't get a full game from with uh, various Internet sites and Eurobasket and Synergy and Real GM and, uh, you know, everything else that has. And then, you know, the agents of, you know, with technology, the agents are able to get full film. Some leagues are streaming games live on their league websites, uh, YouTube, whatever else. So it, it just becomes so much easier to actually get a real feel for what a guy's like. And I assume you guys again this year will be on Facebook, is that correct? Yep, the whole league will, will so be any game, every game on any Facebook Any game Live. people yep. can watch. Yes, correct. I still wish it was YouTube a couple of years ago. <laughs> you don't need to say anything there. As it relates to the G League, what's something you're keeping on, like as far as maybe a change in the league that you'd like to see? or I don't know, is there anything that, that's really intriguing to you about this league and where it might be in two, three years. Yeah, um, one interesting thing is, you know, with the NBA moving up their schedule a little bit, we've also done the same. So our season starts about uh, 10 days earlier than okay. it used to. And so our season will end 10 days or so earlier than it used to. So now our playoffs will be concluded by the end of the NBA regular season. And that's huge for you. So that's huge because many yeah. times players were not able to participate in our playoffs because – you know, NBA teams resting players down the stretch, they need the bodies, they take them away from the G League team to play in the NBA, which is, you know, some, some could say that that's the way it's supposed to be, right? We're, we're here to serve mm -hmm. the NBA, but, 
you know, we're all competitive and you, you, you have a long season and you try to make the playoffs. And when you get in the playoffs, you want to have the best players available. You want to win. I mean, that's just the competitive nature of it. Um, and, and it's interesting, too, because in the old in the old way, there would be NBA teams that their season was over. They haven't qualified for the NBA playoffs. Their season's done. And then their players have to be recalled. So they're not available in the playoff. You know, it just kind of, it led to an unbalanced uh, competitive playing field. So uh, now everyone's going to still be playing at the NBA level. So players will be back down. And the other thing that I'm interested in seeing is, um, you know, there's four NBA teams that don't have a G League affiliate. They have two-way players as well. So they need to go somewhere. So there's going to be a flex two-way assignment. And I want to see where those players go, uh, how impactful are they, uh, do we get one? You know, like how is that all going right, to work? Right. How can you get the rights to them? Right. So uh, I'm interested to see, like, is that going to be the make or break? You know, are the best teams in the league going to be the ones that got to add another NBA level guy to their team, or you know, does the chemistry override it with the teams that don't have any kind of anybody coming and going? So it'll be interesting. How about losing a couple of the players to the expansion draft too, including yeah. Marcus Teague, who. All everyone listening to this is familiar with. Yeah, Marcus Teague and Amari Johnson, and uh, you know that's kind of the nature of the expansion draft is we could only protect nine players between our affiliate players the last couple years, guys who have you know like Travis Leslie and Jordan Lloyd who we drafted um, and it played really well and fit our system and played summer league with us, you know. So we have to protect certain players um, right off the bat, and it kind of leaves everyone else vulnerable to to selection. And so we lost Marcus and Omari. And all indications are both will probably play in our league again this year for the Memphis Hustle, who mm -hmm. took both of them. So, you know, two players that could have been really good on our roster that we don't have and rights that we protected who are overseas. So it's, you know, it's not a perfect system. And um, trust me, I fought tooth and nail with the league <laughs> to try to get some of those rules changed. But uh, I get it. You know, expansion team has a hard job trying to field a competitive roster as is. So, you know, barring them the rights to quality players that might return is not feasible um, but it's tough because you know Marcus really gave us a boost down the stretch and helped us going into the playoffs and in the playoffs and Omari was a was a trade that we made on draft day last year and so uh, to kind of lose the rights to both of them it kind of both acquired via trade right eliminates yeah. that those trades in a, in a degree so it's tough last thing because I know you need to get back to evaluating here uh, as we're recording this, Pacers training camp is a couple days away. Sure. From what I've seen, what, is, what has been great about the two franchises is the involvement of yourself and Steve Gansey, the, the head coach. What is your involvement during Pacers training camp? Because you're in Indy a lot. Yeah, um, you know, more than anything, I'm a fly on the wall, trying to be in as many meetings as I can, obviously go to all the practices, uh, get a feel for, you know, the, the younger players that maybe I see on assignment or they come back to us as affiliate players. Um, you know, what, what, do, what do the coaches want to see from them in terms of development? What does the front office need to see from them over the course of not just this season, but the life of their contracts um, and long term? And so how can we implement things that get them where they need to be? Um, so that's the main thing. So Steve's in the coaches' meetings. I'm trying to be in the front office meetings, trying to be at every practice. Do you have an office in the St. Vincent Center? I do not. I have a workspace. Sure. Okay. Um, there's a lot of cubes in the middle right there. There's a lot of cubes in the middle. Okay. So ideally, you know, also and then just let those players be comfortable with Steve and I. Uh, develop a relationship so that, you know, if they do get assigned to us in Fort Wayne, it's not a just completely alien experience for them. They've got some names and faces and people that they know. 
um, you know, sharing our contact information so that, you know, I can shoot them a text, you know, the moment I find out they're coming to us and uh, make everyone feel at home and comfortable. Um, so, you know, the, the phrase this year is we are one. And that's what we try to do. We try to incorporate the Mad Ants into the Pacer things as much as possible because we are one. And with that personnel, you hired Chris Taylor as your director of basketball operations, yep. Jared Simpson remaining on as assistant, and then you recently announced you hired a couple more assistant coaches. Sure. We, uh, we picked up Norm Richardson, who uh, played briefly for the Pacers um, several years ago, and uh, he was the um, you know, assistant coach in Erie Bayhawks last year and ended up taking over on an interim basis at the end of the season. So he knows this league. Uh, he's a former NBA player. He's played in the G League itself um, in the early days of the league. That so, could be a real asset. Yeah. Right? So he understands that. He, he does. He's going to get these players and what they're going through. Uh, we brought back Alex Serta, who was our uh, basketball operations intern last year. He's jumping into a video coordinator role. Um, so, you know, Alex, Norm, and Jared kind of fill out our coaching staff. Um, we hired um, Scott, uh, Scott King, who's, uh, who played at Stony Brook. Uh, and Fairfield, and he's like 6'10". He's going to be an asset for us on the court, and he's going to be our intern this year. Uh, as you said, Chris Taylor, um, who's got five years' experience with the Pacers and their basketball operations department. So he's going to come and uh, replace Harrison Greenberg and you know, know how we like to do – how the Pacers like to do budget items and travel, and you know, everything will be a little bit more synergistic um, with that. And uh, we've also hired Dan Rosselli as an athletic trainer, and then we're bringing back Colin Brown and Jason Manikowski on the yeah. training staff as well. So that fills out our staff. And, uh, you know, we've got a lot of dedicated guys who really want to put the players first. And I think once you have that, you know, the players really get to buy in because they know everyone's here to help them. I thought it was really cool. The Pacers used Colin. They used Jason during the summer league. So yep. gave them elevated experience. That was cool. You got to go. I appreciate it, Brian. Thanks for taking right, time. Thanks, Scott. All right, that was Brian Levy, the general manager of the Fort Wayne Mad Ants, going on year three with the franchise. And I know a lot of people don't follow the team too closely, but it's an interesting development, no pun intended, in what they're trying to do here and get accomplished for both of the franchises. Because, for one, it's a basketball franchise for the city of Fort Wayne, a huge city in Indiana, and then obviously the togetherness of the Pacers and Mad Ants franchise. Pacers owner Herb Simon bought the Mad Ants to have full control. And so not only would they be their G League affiliate, but they would be their outright franchise, a one-to-one -one affiliation. Um, and as you heard Brian talk about, majority of the league has gotten that way. And I'm sure here in the next year or two, there will be 30 G League teams for the 30 NBA team. And they can really use it as a development team for their uh, big NBA franchise. You now have two-way contracts where, for the most part, that player will spend the time with the G League team. In this case, it's Edmund Sumner. It's Alex Poitras. But they can be with the Pacers, with the NBA affiliate franchise, for up to 45 days throughout an NBA season. Anything more, they would have to rip up that contract and add a new one. As I'm recording this, the tryouts are ongoing. They did a little warm-up session to get the blood pumping, then a few drills, and now scrimmaging. And I think that's the area that's most beneficial to Brian, to head coach Steve Ganzi, the scouting team. Pacers pro scout Vance Catlin is up here. He commutes frequently back and forth from Indy to Fort Wayne and then throughout the rest of the United States following the pros in the NBA. And that goes along with this and evaluating these guys and see if they have the potential and the game to make it at least in the G League. 
out of a tryout session like this, the Mad Ants are not required to give anyone contracts. But I thought it was interesting. Brian said they will sign four guys from today's tryouts and bring them into camp. From there, there's no guarantees, but there's that opportunity. And keep in mind, much like Summer League, at least getting to camp and, and being seen, that's the biggest thing. Because really, they have to have the mindset that they're on display for all of the G League teams. Can't focus on which one maybe necessarily that they are affiliated with. My thanks again to Brian for taking some time to talk about his job, his role, the togetherness of the franchises, and what's going on out here with their tryouts. Also, Ryan Stevens, their new PR guy that they've hired for his assistance in getting this set up. sitting down with Steve Ganzi, the head coach, going on year three. I asked Brian this. What's different for you going into year three, say, versus year one with this franchise? Hopefully not make the same mistakes from year one and year two. Um, every year is a little bit different. So, um, you know, the first year, uh, you know, the Pacers buying the team and kind of uh, figuring out how to, how to run things and everything. Um, and then, you know, year two having – um, more of an idea and, and getting some some more affiliates in, in our camp and then uh, and then you know obviously this year I'm really excited about some of the two-way you know, the, the, the new two-way contracts and some of our affiliates that are going to be um, in camp that could potentially be mad ants is that one of those things that you still have to feel out the process of how that relationship I guess might work of having two-way guys Edmund Sumner who I don't expect him to play much he's injured and has to recover and then Alex Poitras yeah it's it's going to be it's going to be interesting how uh how coaches and how teams uh, use uh, the two-way contracts. You know, um, Vance Catlin, who's here, who, who came up, or, or yeah, who, who came up from Indy. He's the Pacers pro scout. Yep, and he, uh, you know, he, he sat down with Brian, our uh, GM, and, and kind of looked at a schedule and see uh, when Alex and when Edmund can play with us and still uh, be with the Pacers. So uh, I, I think they've had discussions where those guys will, will be with us for a, a good uh, majority of the year especially Alex, um, because he's healthy and he's ready to go, and Edmund's still uh, nursing that knee a little bit coming back from uh, his surgery. So uh, it should be interesting how, how we utilize and, uh, those two-way contracts with the affiliates and, and a lot of guys. So I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, you know having Alex and Edmund. I mean, Alex was an unbelievable player for us last year as a rookie being second team uh, or first team all league. So. How much of a challenge has it been in the years past of guys getting called up and things like that, like Dallas um, and Ben Bentil and then him going overseas? You kind of expect those things here in this league, but it's a challenge for you who's trying to not only develop the guys but put a winning product out on the floor. Yeah, I think that's one of the, the awesome, the great things about this league is that um, you need to think quick. So, if, you know, our, Forced to. Our, our last game last year, you know, we, we were going in thinking Alex was going to play our, our last regular season game, and then he got called up, um, you know, and Brian letting me know right before. Uh, to Philly. I talked to our, uh, you know, entire team before shoot-around. So um, that's always good news. But then after that, you're like, okay, well, now who's starting? And, you know, what's the game plan? Uh, and, you know, guys have to be ready. I mean, that's the number one thing about, about this league. You never know who's watching. And you need to be a good teammate, and uh, you, you need to come out here and, and, and play really hard. And I'm just really happy for uh, 
you know, guys getting called up because that makes everyone look good. That's what I figure the, obviously, summer league is, but then the G League as well is you're not just playing for your current team. You're playing for all those people watching. And so you might have scouts, whether it's in other leagues, other countries, or other franchises in the NBA. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, the Alex and Edmund, those guys can't get called up because those guys are, you know, part of two-way contracts. With Which the locks Pacers. them in, yeah. Yeah, with, with the Mad Ants. So, we'll, we'll, you know, we don't have to worry about those guys. But, you know, guys that, you know, like like um, Trey McKinney-Jones, who's who, who's going to be a returner for us, you know, he can get called up, you know, after, you know, the first game to, uh, you know, the Cleveland Cavaliers. And, uh, you know, it's I always preach these guys better. Your brother going to steal him? I, I hope so. I <laughs> Your mean, brother Mike's obviously the assistant general manager now. But I yeah. liked I liked how that's the route you went. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> um, I don't know. They, they have a lot of veteran guards on their team, so I don't know if there's any room. But if, he, um, if he's a friend of LeBron's, there's a chance. If the player's a friend of LeBron's, then he might get called up. Never know. You never know. But, um, you know, I, I try to preach to our guys, you know, better basketball situations. Whether that's um, you know staying staying in the states and being with family or or making some more money uh, you know just uh, overseas you know and then obviously call ups and, and getting your name out um, but uh, you know I I want those guys to get called up you know that it, they come out here and that they play hard they deserve it and uh, you know hopefully we can get a couple more call ups like we did last year yeah and you feel proud of those guys that they get called up but selfishly you gotta be like ah now we have to adapt. Yeah, that's the toughest thing. That's the toughest thing is guys getting called up and you're excited. And then you're like, okay, now what are we going to do? So what's the game plan? And, uh, you know, uh, a lot of players are going to get assigned this year too. You know, maybe even, you know, hopefully some Pacer players. You know, some of the young guys, TJ Leaf and uh, EK. I mean, you know, hopefully TJ gets in the rotation too. And, you know, EK is coming off a little injury too. But you never know. We might see those guys if they're not playing a lot. So. And that's where this can – another way this league can be a great asset to the NBA. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's all about opportunity and those guys getting those guys getting some real-life game minutes. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the one thing you don't want to do is just, you know, practice and then get individual work in. You know, it's tough on the road for these NBA teams where there's not a lot of practice time, and especially their young guys that aren't playing in the games. So you got to, you know, kind of rest, uh, you know, your main guys. So – uh, you know, guys like, uh, you know, the younger guys, just the second second rotation guys, they're not getting any minutes, you know, have them here with me and and we'll play those guys so they can get that experience and that opportunity. What is your communication like when it comes to going back and forth with the Pacers? Um, is there one assistant coach, I think it's Dan Burke, that you send emails most to? And, and then also a couple of years ago I did a story um, talking about the relationship, and you said you'd send emails after every game to Frank Vogel providing updates. Have those continued with Nate McMillan? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, DB's my guy. I'm, I'm always in his office, but, uh, you know, Nate McMillan, Popeye, Bano, I mean, we, I have a very good relationship with those guys. Those guys are unbelievable to me and, and my staff. Anytime we uh, are down um, in Indy and everything, and Nate has an open-door policy, so... Um, you know, I just gave him my my entire uh, after timeout package, and he was oh, checking it out. That's and cool. He asked me, uh, you know, what my favorite backdoor play was, and and all that. But those guys have been unbelievable um, you know, towards me this summer. I've been there all all summer helping out, and uh, you know, it's going to be a great situation. Um, you know, th throughout the entire year, that every game, I always write a, an email and tell them, hey, this is this is what's going on. This is what happened. You know, you can kind of look at a box score and. And just say, okay, well, this guy, he was seven for ten, but he only played 18 minutes. Why didn't he play 40? You know, 
Uh, you know, there, there's a lot into the game rather than just reading a box score. So I, I try to give a little summary and a little explanation of uh, kind of what happened, and especially if there's an assignment player because, you know, the Pacers might have a game that night where they can't watch, you know, uh, my game. So try to give them a little bit of explanation, a little bit of uh, different detail. During the season when you have those affiliate players, how much – obviously they usually come right in and start – do you have to explain that situation to, like, the other guys, or do they just kind of understand it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that's, that, that's addressed before our, uh, even our, our first practice okay. in training camp. So, um, you know, we are owned and operated by the Pacers. So, um, and, you know, there's going to be assignments. There's going to be, you know, two ways. Um, you know, those guys are going to play. Those guys are part of the Pacers. So, um, you know, everyone has a boss. I have a boss. You know, Nate's my boss. Mm -hmm. Brian's my boss. KP is the boss. So, um, whatever those guys tell me to do, I, you know, I'm going to do it and, and you know, try to win games and develop these players and, and try to do both uh, at the same time. As you said, you were with the Pacers throughout much of the summer at Summer League and then been around here with training camp for the Pacers as well. What do you try to get out of your experience during Pacers training camp? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm picking Dan Burke, Nate McMillan, Popeye, and Baino, I'm, I'm, and all the guys in the video room. I'm picking their brains and mm -hmm. just trying to, uh, you know, d develop um, the relationship and, and continue the relationship and, uh, you know, make sure that I'm setting the, the right uh, voice and, and the right vision that, that Nate wants um, me to. So, you know, it, we, we are one is, is the big thing, and uh, everything that the Pacers do, we do. You know, obviously... Um, you know, they have Miles Turner. I don't have Miles Turner, so they're, they're, they have a new practice facility. You have a new practice facility. That is true. So you do have that. Oh, and, and, and it's unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, the, the people at Lutheran are, are unbelievable. But um, you know, it, it's there's there, there are some differences, but um, that's my job to kind of uh, you know see those differences and, and try to make the uh, the best out of it. But um, you know, those guys have been unbelievable, and you know, we do everything defensively that the Pacers do. We'll have the same sets in, you know, offense, uh, offensively. Obviously, there's some different rules in the Will G League. We even have the same play calls? like it, Absolutely. It, okay. Absolutely. And the reason behind that is if there is an assignment player, if uh, a young guy, mm -hmm. um, you know, e even a guy who, who wants to come down for, for a rehab stint, who's maybe, a, you know, has a couple of years in the NBA, if they're assigned, it needs to be an easy transition for them. So, you know, going to a new team and having – a whole different defense and a whole different offense doesn't help that individual. So uh, we do everything that the Pacers do, and uh, we, we try to make it an easy transition for um, any guy that is assigned from the Pacers. Individually, what are you working towards? What, where would you like to end up in 10 years? Do you want to be, I assume, on an NBA bench, maybe yeah. as a head coach? Yeah, yeah, I'd love to. You know, r right now, um, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate I've been in this, in this league and have seen it grow um, every single year. Um, you know, the fact that this is my third year as a head coach, um, I still like to think I'm young. I'm, I'm only 31. But, um, you know, I, I'd like to just continue to grow. You know, I, I always tell myself, uh, and I talk to, you know, Dwayne Tickner, who's one of my mentors, who's assistant coach uh, for the Sacramento Kings, you know, don't worry about, you know, you know the next year. Worry about, you know, how, what kind of coach you're going to be 10 years down the road. And that's, uh, you know, I'm just trying to build my, my coaching library mm -hmm. and things I do like you know, use things that I don't like, don't use, and uh, it's, it's been an unbelievable ride so far. I'm just looking forward to see, seeing what happens in the future for me. Speaking of that library, do you have a specific coach maybe that you pull things from? And I'm, I'm thinking, like, Brad Stevens talks all the time about just stealing plays, and he, with no regard, he doesn't care. 
Do you have any anyone like that that you go instantly to Eric Spolstra or anything like that, Greg Popovich? Yeah, you know, the, the, there's a lot of different coaches um, that I'll, I mean, everyone, you know, you, you see something, oh, I like that, I'm, I'm going to use it, you know. Obviously, I, I watch, you know, all the Pacer games mm-hmm. as much as I can, you know, through our uh, schedule, so I'm, I'm always picking, you know, Nate's brain. You know, I like stuff that Frank did and everything. Uh, you know, I have Brad Stevens, uh, you know, uh, Doc Rivers. Okay. Um, you know, I mean, it, the list goes on. I mean, after every year, I put together every end-of-game situation. So whether it's side out, you know, baseline out, and try to watch those plays and any ones that I like that, you know, that, that you know, uh, jump out, I'll, I'm, I'm going to take and I'm going to use, and I'll use it in our practice and, and see if we have the personnel for it and, uh, you know, y- y- use those plays throughout the year. Jared Simpson, a former video coordinator for the Pacers, back as an assistant coach. Otherwise, your assistant coaching lineup changed a little bit. Um, who did you bring in? Uh, Norman Richardson, he was uh, assistant coach, and uh, he was actually the interim head coach for the Erie Bayhawks last year. Um, for the majority of the year, Bill Peterson uh, got injured. So I'm really excited. Uh, Norm uh, is, is on the staff. He brings a, a lot of professional experience, uh, you know, a player. He played in the NBA. He actually played for the Pacers. I think he was part of a uh, Travis Best trade back in the day. Um, wow. I, I asked DB if he knew him. He's like, yeah, I think we had him for, you know, three, and four And Dan games. was probably there at the time. Yeah, he was. And, um, and then, you know, he, he's coached over in Germany, overseas. And then he's been a head coach in the G League. So to have him on my staff is, is a great asset for us. Um, and, you know, he's, a, he, he's highly respected. He's an unbelievable work ethic. And um, the ability for him to develop players, um, it, it was a no-brainer for me. Well, thanks for having me up here and taking a few minutes to record the podcast. I'm sure we'll see you plenty in Indianapolis, but best of luck this season, all right? Thanks for coming, man. Don't forget to uh, grab some lunch on your way out. Oh, <laughs> we never turned down a free meal. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Scott. That's Mad Ants head coach Steve Ganzi. They'll get the season started on the road on Saturday, November 4th. Their home opener is set for Tuesday, November 7th, but plenty to do. In the meantime, set the roster, hold training camp, and much, much more. We'll be following along throughout the season. All the games will be streamed live on Facebook Live. Coming to you from Fort Wayne, Indiana, you've been listening to the Vigilant Sports Pacers Podcast. I'll talk to you again soon.